The following program contains strong language and is intended for a mature audience. Now on Documentary on News Talk, producer Jonathan Farrelly looks at the meaning of the term the Irish divorce. Due to the sensitivity of the subject matter, the couple's testimonies have been re-recorded by actors. This is the Irish divorce. The Irish divorce. Um, my understanding of the Irish divorce would be a couple that feel that they're compelled to live together despite probably not getting on and having every aspect of life thrown at them. Um, and there's so, there's so many people that are together that shouldn't be together that feel like maybe their parents' backgrounds, the, the, the word divorce in this country, I suppose, because of the church, um, their parents' beliefs, and other things that they actually stay together and often for children financial reasons we have many people that are living in the Irish divorce that are actually separated and now living for financial reasons under the same under the same home which also means that they have mommy might have a a boyfriend and then dad might have a girlfriend and this is a very strange blended family and that does significant damage to what the healthy relationship should look like in children and that goes forward as they get older they develop these very distorted versions of what a relationship should be my name is willie and i'm in my mid-60s at this stage of my life and i'm breda and i'm in my early 60s i'll admit to yeah (laughs) and you know where we had some very good days. We've we did. had some bad days. And, yep. Um, but we're, we had a lot of bad days, but we're trying to get back to the good days. I think that's, that's probably trying, the way to yeah, put it. We're, we're coming through it. Yeah, because we just have that bond and relationship, no matter how bad things got, um, we always seem to bounce back together, don't that's we? That's it, yeah, um, yeah. Find so, our way. Yeah, and it wasn't always like that, of course, you know... We met in 83, and we got married in 86. Yeah, do you remember and, what month? Yeah, in June. You were a yeah. be- beautiful June bride. <laughs> I as was I just checking. Remember. Yeah, yeah, beautiful June bride. Yeah. And um, the first few years were marvellous. I mean, yeah. you know, the honeymoon period, and our first baby came along, and everything was great. And um, We were kept busy then. We were. We yeah. were on our toes, and... Mm. Um, you Very know, happy. Yeah, we were. Yeah, delighted really. with yeah. ourselves, yeah. And yeah. of course, back then, there was less stress on, yeah. you, know, you know, people. Like, it yeah. wasn't like the way it mm. is now. It's just everything that seems to be, mm. we have to do it now and then. Mm. And, you know, now it's 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 um, it's just absolutely horrendous stuff for people. The pressures people yeah. is under nowadays. But And I was very lucky with you working. I was able to stay home with, yeah, yeah, that with, was, all, with yeah, that the was babies good. as they came along. Yeah, and I felt good doing that because, you know, the way I was brought up was, you know, the man always looked after the yeah. the woman of the house or the wife and uh, you went out and worked hard. And I suppose after the third child, I think, wasn't it? Things started to go because the pressure mm. was coming and we're moving into the 90s and my work had changed and the pressure was coming on there and things, technology was coming in mm. and things were moving differently and yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't happy and but there was no other job and No and there was 
I'd also three very young kids yeah. at home with me, yeah. trying to keep them going and getting up and walking to school because we didn't have the second car. That's correct. Yeah. Rain, and hail or shine. Yeah. In fact, I remember you walking to school and you were pregnant on the fourth. Yeah. On fourth. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so yeah. things started, well, I won't say going downhill, we were busy. We hadn't time for each other. I, I, I'd probably say that's what, what, yeah. what happened. I don't think that we even really noticed. We Because we were just... No, so caught up in that routine yeah, of yeah, yeah. minding the kids and getting them sorted and getting them their baths and getting them ready for bed and are mm. looking out to see his daddy coming home that yeah. kind of before you knew it, that's I, all our life was about. We, we got busy being mummy and daddy yeah, and we forgot yeah, to be husband and wife. Yeah, yeah, forgot to go back to, yeah. the, to our courting days where yeah. we'd have a bit of fun and all of that. And then yeah. it was up at half five in the morning. Having to go to work and a long day coming home, maybe six o'clock in the evening, and things were just, yeah. I was so tired, I hadn't even time to read the kids' bedtime story. Yeah, you, God you bless you. God to... bless you being tired. Like, I only had I five know. kids to, to feed I... and wash and jammies and bedtime yeah. stories and bed. But uh, God bless your cotton socks, you'd be a bit tired. <laughs> A marriage to me is a team. You know, a team that has love and respect um, for each other that can work together and support each other in times of maybe in bad times and good times. Um, we're not, none of us are perfect. And for to be able to be accepted for your flaws and just to be able to be you and not wear the mask that we wear in society every single day. That you can come home and just be you. So in a normal, functional, healthy relationship, there should be no... We all wear a mask outside. Everybody does it. But when we come home, there should be no mask. But in a dysfunctional um, marriage, with the Irish divorce, if you, if you like, we walk outside and, you know, that, that very famous picture that of the, the 1950s lady pointing down, as far as anybody else knows, as far as everybody knows, we're a normal family. Mm. But behind closed mm. doors, that's not the case. Mm. So everybody might think you're the perfect couple. And we might have all these Facebook, you know, these fake profiles to make it look like we have a perfect life. When in reality, these two people could actually hate each other. Mm. Um, I see this time and time, time, and time again. Um, I cannot tell you how many emails I get every single week for couples came so and you know even though I don't do it my, myself personally I've you know I've done courses on it and um, it's really really hard work because more often than not there's just one person that's not into it or not listening or can't take you know and constructive criticism or is willing to blame or whatever the man generally shuts down, becomes quite passive, um, and more often than not, statistically, we see that men are gaslighters. And we know this in the famous 1944 film, um, where they make women think that they're crazy, or I didn't say it like that, or what are you talking about? You're blowing this out of proportion, that kind of thing. So eventually, what happens is, from my experience of working with people as a result of broken down relationships is that people 
eventually give up. They stop caring. And that's that that's where we know that that's it, it's done. There is no more love there. They might love each other, but they're certainly not in love. And they're just there's just this, you know, tapestry where they're just it's just stitched together and there's you know a, a ripping every single time. And then it's stitched back up because of the financial situation or what about the kids? I can laugh now, but at the time it just wasn't funny because I felt I was going nowhere. I felt I was yeah. trapped or something. And then I, well, I suppose, started drinking and a little more than I would normally. I'd be mm. stopping in for one of the pub and one led to two and two led yep. to three. And then I wasn't getting home till mm. uh, it'd be nine o'clock mm. at night. And that was very difficult. Yeah, yeah because well, I'd have, I'd have. Well, the younger kids might be going to bed, but the older kids would be saying, keep an eye out now for Dad, he'll be in, he'll be in. And then I knew you weren't coming in. Yeah. And I wasn't very happy with that, getting them to bed. And then, you know, you were off enjoying yourself. (laughs) That's the way I looked on it. Yeah, well... And I was at home with them, trying to explain why Daddy wasn't home before they went to bed. I was just... I I probably just couldn't face it because just... As I said, the pressure of work and... The whole strain of it started to mm. take 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 hold on me, and um, and I wasn't getting promotion, and mm. you know, but I I didn't realise it at the time. I realise it now, and I suppose after our counselling sessions, you know, I was a bit selfish, yeah. you know, to say the least, because I knew you were there, you were my rock that I could depend on you, but I wasn't. I wasn't treating you right. Yeah. I wasn't, and, and I should have been more. I know. Yeah, and, and I mean, I know as, as as the kids got older, it didn't really bother me that you weren't there because I was so busy with them. Yeah. You know, yeah. running between after school clubs, and I mean, I know yeah. you brought the lads to their football, but yeah. I was going swimming and Irish dancing, and and eventually it just. I suppose I, we just got used to not kind of seeing did, one another there. It kind of felt as if, well, she doesn't really need me. No, you know, and I didn't. No, but yeah, but you know, we can no, I, I, it, now but, I know, yeah, I yeah, know. But at it, the time, it felt well. Look, she's managing, yeah. and I'm the one. And then I probably felt, well, I'm the one providing, so yeah. I'm entitled to something. And then the most we ever got on holidays, all I can remember is an odd weekend, yeah, yeah. down to, down to my uncles or down yeah, to your mothers yeah. or down to your yeah. aunts. So you yeah. know what I mean. That's but then to have to load all the kids mm. down. Then when the fifth one came along. It was getting like the others were growing up, so I kind of missed them growing up. Yeah, and <clears throat> you know, I, at that stage we were kind of nearly, nearly leading separate lives, really. Well, we were. We? Yeah, you know? yeah. There was nothing happening in the bedroom, the apartment, <laughs> um, no. But that was, I, I don't know, probably a combination of everything. You know, drink, com- combination of stress, combination of tiredness. Tiredness, yeah. Just, we kind of drifted apart a little bit, you know. Yeah, well, you kind of, I think you lose interest as well, you know, when you're you're doing so much just yourself. And then, I mean, even through when they'd be coming in as teenagers and they'd be coming in with the teenage problems and you weren't particularly there to deal with them. And then you'd swan in at half nine and try and sort it all out. I know. After I'd had it all day. No, (laughs) no, sorry, but no. (laughs) You can get rid of that idea. Yeah, yeah. But... uh, And then... Of course, I'm not playing with the kids, but they were playing one off again the other two. Yeah. Daddy was more um, accessible than Mammy was, because yeah. Mammy was making all the rules, but yeah. Daddy would say, I'll be all right, I'll yeah. sort you out with something, or here's a few extra bob, you know, yeah. go off and enjoy yourself or whatever. Mm. 
you know, I suppose it just builds up and builds up, you know. And when in reality, the kids, you know, kids are sponges. They feed off this tension. Um, from 2007, we see this. Kids born between 2007-2009 are in procession children. So they would, you know, the financial stresses on them family. Those kids are now self-harm, suicidal ideations, unable to deal with things, abandonment issues, um, because their parents actually weren't there for them because they were probably so worried about money or fighting constantly. But the kids just disappear into their rooms. And it's actually the children that suffer more than the adults. Because an adult's brain is, you know, fully, mm. fully developed, a child is still learning. And if a child learns that this is how a relationship should be, it's most likely that we go on and this pattern is repeated, repeated until somebody enters the therapy room and actually looks at, you know, a functional, loving, healthy relationship. Um, I'm not disillusioned to think that every relationship should be perfect and that even in functional relationships that there aren't hiccups you know bad patches you know someone might lose a job you know there's so many different things that you know life throws at us and that's fine if we can work at it with support each other but it's more often than not I see people ripping each other to shreds and actually living in such a narcissistic society now um, it, it's got gotten so bad not even because um, I feel like physical I'm not saying physical abuse doesn't happen anymore it does it's more psychological abuse and I feel that it's the psychological abuse that actually does more damage and this is actually a two-way thing and we're now seeing as a result of this th- these kind of narcissistic relationships where they're being really passive-aggressive and Hurtful. We now have the children coming up. You know, I have. You know, I I have some somebody talked to me today about it. You know, somebody, and they told me about this particular person who's you know mid teens, and I've never heard such such a narcissistic. But when we look at the family background, I can understand why this particular girl is like this. So it doesn't just sort of affect. This is not just the Irish divorce. This is like, you know, at the epicenter of an earthquake and the aftershocks to that alone, to the family and I suppose maybe go on to the, you know, the children and then the children's partners and maybe even on to their children. So there's so many different aspects to the, the, you know, the Irish divorce. And I suppose as the kids got older and now... I mean, we can jump now to, to you know, they're, they're all gone. Yeah. Uh, we're just left yeah. on our own and it's back to basics. Yeah. That we had to get because we were in the same. We had to learn how to talk to one another yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, well, it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. And then coming near retirement, you know, things is not as stressed. And, you know, I mean, yeah. the interest that we had together was great. We used to love to dance. And yeah. We, we used to love to go to cinema. And we had music and we used to sing songs, of, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're beginning to get back into back. that stage now, but um, it, it, but for a good while it takes there, it work. Wasn't, yeah, it takes work. It yeah, does. It takes yeah. work. It's like trying to get to know somebody all over again and to listen. Yeah, you know that's which I wasn't doing. I know when I was, I wasn't listening. 
No, you know, I wasn't I, listening much myself. But yeah, well, yeah. Well, I didn't I really want to. <laughs> I, yeah. To be honest, I didn't want to, and That's I had to. Yeah. That I had to learn as well. That yeah. you know, not to be holding on to things either. You know that I wasn't absolutely perfect, and it was all your fault. You yeah, had to well, learn that as well. You, you used to give me a, a, a good uh, berating sometimes, and that's, <laughs> you know, I, I said, well, I'm not going back till late, till she's in yeah. bed. You know, and I'd sneak in, yeah. and yeah. then it was, uh, there's the couch. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they were the very unhappy days when yeah. the couch was in play, you yeah, know. absolutely. Because we had no spare beds. <laughs> they, were, they were all taken over. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I know we can kind of laugh about things now but there was a time there we couldn't it was serious no. you know but I felt through it all even in our worst days when when, when you know I mean the, the one good thing I'd say is you didn't have an extra mar- marital affair I didn't have one no. either so that to me said a lot yeah that there was I, I didn't have time <laughs> <laughs> well yeah well I didn't have time either walking away you know and driving and all over oh, the place no, I, well it no, never no. entered my head but, no no in but, fairness, um, no. so there was always that bond there between us yeah. do you know what I mean so, oh yeah we just we kind of um, just got lost it, somewhere yeah, in, in, yeah, in the middle yeah. and I know we said things a few times to each other that felt like as if I just want to get out of here but but we didn't no. you know neither of us didn't leave so you know, so that was a good sign, you know. Yeah. Um, um, we know the family system where we have the mask on, we have this or we have that. But we're looking at so many kids that are just, you know, they're just lost. Um, they just go into their room and they play video games because they don't want to be out in the shouting. Mm their social skills as a result of this, you know, or they're, they're diminished. Um, when I've seen children that are, have, with the highest level of self-harm than we've ever had. But if your parents are screaming and shouting at each other, and they're so preoccupied by the rows in the house, be it financial, the pub man going to the pub drinking, which is a huge, that's a huge problem. Cocaine is a huge problem now. Um, does a child really think that their parents are going to listen to them? Probably not. They probably don't feel important and they feel invisible, so they just exist. I felt, for me anyway, was when the kids were just hitting the teenage years because there was so much going on with them. And I just, like you just were, completely absent. There was, there was. I felt anyway. I, I felt I was getting no support, and the kids were coming home. Like some of the, the issues were very simple, with you know school problems and bullying and things like that. And then others were you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, rubbish that was going on. And uh, I suppose I kind of res- I, I resented you that you were able to go to work. You were free from it, and then you were going on to the pub. You were free from it. Yeah, I, but- I resented you. I think. Yeah, but I wasn't free from it too because there was twice I remember going to, um, well, I won't mention his name now, the house and giving a fair verbal abuse to the father and to the son, like for bullying. Yeah, but even that, you were, that was outside of the house, do you know? I mean, I know you did and, and it sorted out a little bit, but. Yeah, but you never gave me a minute. You were, you, you, you were, you were constantly on my case 
all the time. Which I had to be constantly on your case because you just weren't like there was there was just nothing. I was the one that every time they came in, I was having to deal with it in the their immediate emotion when they'd come in the door. This is what's going on. This is and I had all that initially. Mm. And then, as I say, you swan in then hours later and, you know, well, oh, well, I'll go and tell him. I'll be the big man. I'll go knock on his door. Like that was after the hours of hours of crying and discussion that was going yeah, on. Yeah, but it wasn't them. easy for me either because, remember, I was up at half five, 20 past five in the morning. And, you know, we mightn't have been talking the night before. You might have went to bed with you. Yeah. Wrecking my brain and my head about all the problems, and I had to get up and face into trying to work. And this was all rattling around in my head all the time about you not being happy and the kids. And there was nothing I could do. I felt I was trapped. I had to work because if I didn't work, but that was a great escape for you, though, wasn't it? Like in work, you were able to do. You were able to do what you wanted to do, and you were able to laugh at your friends and you know do all that as well. well. I know you were working, but yeah, but. But I had to put, I had to provide. Mm. Do you know, I was providing the money for the shopping and the money for the clothes. And, do you know, like, that wasn't easy either, you know. And those times I felt I wanted to just chuck the whole art in and forget about it, you know. Yeah, take the easy way out. Well, I'd love to have been able to do that as well, but unfortunately I couldn't because it was me they were coming home to Yeah, day. but I couldn't do it either yeah. because I was thinking of you and the kids, yeah. even though it didn't feel like that for you. No, it didn't. But, you know what I mean, but... but and my only escape was to the pub. I couldn't come home and talk to you because you were just constantly. But you hear boom, what you've just boom, said. Boom, boom, boom. My only escape. I didn't yeah, have my that. Only escape. Yeah, but you had an escape. I didn't have an if escape. If I were the neighbours coming in and you were having your uh, cups of tea with them and you were going off visiting. Sure, uh, I couldn't let them in. I couldn't let anybody in. How could I let them know what was going on? They thought we were Mr. and Mrs. Perfect. Well, yeah. Do you yeah, know? Because yeah. they. Most well, we were of the time, because I was staying away a little bit extra. Just yeah. to kind of give you that breathing space. It's true, it was know? perfect when you weren't there. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, sometimes I was glad that I was in the pub. Mm. That I was going home listening to a constant barrage of abuse, verbal abuse. Mm. I mean, there was no physical abuse, but it was, yeah. you know, constant, constantly in my ear, constantly, all the time, about the five kids and about your life. Uh, and nobody was asking me what about my life. You're listening to Documentary on News Talk. This is the Irish Divorce. You know, back in the day, like, a woman done everything. She raised the children. There was no contraceptive. We've got kids that are literally hungry. They had to go to, they know, they know right to education. They went out to work. Um, and if you've got six or seven children, I don't know, but I don't think there's enough time, time in the day to be able to allocate them the attention or the love or the support or whatever it is that they need. So I think that was a huge problem back in the day. And I think couples counselling, um, that also didn't exist. I don't even know if there was therapy back then. But um, I, I know if you were seen to be going to couples counselling, you were seen to be a failure. So and people, didn't like, people didn't like anybody knowing anybody else's business. And if they did, they never spoke about it. Like the old Irish culture. Everybody in the town knows, but nobody says anything. I think we have progressed in a sense that... Um, to be able to call it, call it a day. But... I think it takes too long 
for the Irish psyche to actually recognize that this is not working, this is damaging our children, and rather than swallow our pride and forget about our ego, let's divorce and let's be seen as a failure, if you like, and have two homes, two loving homes for children to grow up in. Um, so, like so many people have rowed in front of their children, I, you know, I've had countless clients in here in absolute tears that stay in a, a you know, one particular girl stayed in a, a, a very abusive, a psychologically abusive relationship. Um, and this was a manipulated and controlled with finances and a lifestyle that they built. But to everybody else, he was amazing. I suppose my life became very small though, you see. Because like before we got married and all that, I was working and I had a few friends and all that. And even when the kids were very, very young, like you'd meet them at the mother and toddler group and all that. But my life became very, very small when the kids got to grown up and teenagers because it was just them. And I had no one. I couldn't let on that any of this was going on to any of the friends or any of the family or anything. Oh God, you couldn't talk about that. You know, so my life became very much between the four walls. Yeah, look, I know we had it tough and we had it hard, but at the same time, there was always that something there between us. Mm. You know, there was always that something. And do you know what kept me going through the whole thing? It was your smile. True, true teeth. I know you didn't smile a lot in those couple of years, or well, those seven or eight years. But what kept me going was every time I think, you know, that the first time I saw you, saw you, you were smiling. Mm. Well, I'll be honest day, with you now. On I, your I, wedding day, yeah. you had this beam, yeah. and that's what I know it sounds stupid, but but that's what I was thinking of when yeah. when when we'd have a row. I was thinking, where's the smile? Where's that lovely smile? Now, do you know what I was thinking when we had a row? Yeah, go on. <laughs> Where can I go? <laughs> and I'd know yeah. I I didn't have anywhere I could go. I didn't have a choice. And I wouldn't leave the children behind. So I had to stay. Yeah. Well, and that, that makes me sad when I think of it now. Yeah. That, you know, we've got past that, luckily enough, through hard work. But to think that you'd be that low in that place. And, yeah. you know, it was lonely. It was a very lonely yeah. spot to be. But, you know, it was it was also lonely for me. Yeah. Oh, I, I know that now. Because I had to drive to work. Yeah. And all that was in my head was, what are we going to mm. do? What, why, why is it happening? Mm. What, how can I fix it? But then I hit work, and that would take over. Mm. Pressure, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I was coming in, I remember Joe, one of the guys I work with said, come on for a pint. Now, it, I, like, I wouldn't yeah. be drinking all that much, but I felt somebody wanted me. Yeah, yeah. And he wanted me. Yeah, yeah. And um, that... But that was only just on the social thing. And then he'd have one and he'd go off. But then we got to know other people at the pub and she'll wait for another one here. You sing us a song, or, mm. or, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and John was there as well. So he was singing as well. And next one was, I join in. Oh, come on, will you yeah. sing, will you make bride your name? You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I only knew, but three lines of that, you know what I mean? I can, so. I, and I can see that now. I can see because... You know, I can see that now when I look back, but at the time, yeah. I didn't see that. Well, yeah. No, I, I really didn't. 
Yeah, and it's tough. And I felt my, or I feel myself now that I did miss out on the kids growing up, like into their teenage years. Yeah. I did because. And I they was, missed out yeah, as well. Yeah, I was in the pub. Yeah. And I tried today, and I was, you know. Yeah. Like you know, ring them every day and make sure they're all right and trying in my own way to make up mm. for the years that I wasn't there. Yeah. You know. And uh, so. I owned a marriage counselling in training. Uh, I chose not to do it because it, it can be particularly, um, it can get very heated. Um, you need to be able to be very direct. And to be honest with you, most men go because they're being made to go, in inverted commas. Um, it would be younger couples. You would never ever, I've, I've actually never ever seen personally a couple 50s above. Um, most most people actually ask for a couple's counselling are actually in their 20s or 30s. Maybe even 40s. But 20s and 30s, maybe 30s being the, the main one and where they might be married a few years and they've started a family and the pressures are on and um, their freedom essentially is being taken away from them a little bit and this is a new way of living. And actually, when we, we need to put all this effort in, they realise that actually, do you know what? We were both work and we never actually really seen each other. Now we've got a kid to look after. We're both sleep deprived. And we can, we can really, when people are sleeping, they can really, they can change their personality. And that can be the start of a shredding session. So, so that's, that's one, one, another thing about um, marriages as well. Um, I think people marry within their own class. And I don't say that with any disrespect. Um, there could be two people that could be absolutely perfect for each other. But their parents might say that they're not good enough. That can, you know, I don't understand that part of, you know, our, the country that we live in, certainly. It is tough to talk about as well, and it was very tough in our counseling sessions. You know, I, I hated those blasted things because yeah. I, I, I didn't want to let anybody else know the weakness that I have. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's very hard. And it's, it's very hard. You know, it's only when you open up that you realise, well, I'm not the only one. But it, it, I mean, and, and, it, it, and does, it is easier to talk to a stranger help. than... Well, than, I realise it now, yeah. but at the time, oh, I didn't want no concentration, yeah. didn't want to talk, didn't want to do nothing. Because as far as I was concerned, I didn't know anything wrong. I was the one trying to work and, you know... Yeah. But when we... When, you know, when, when I heard your point of view, yeah. you heard mine, yeah, I think yeah, things began yeah. to... You understand a bit yeah. more what's going on with the other person. Yeah, Because yeah. we weren't doing much communicating at the time, so we had no way of knowing what was going on. I was wondering about phones. You couldn't keep tabs on me. <laughs> I, couldn't, no. I couldn't keep tabs on you. Well, you know where I was, maybe, the house. <laughs> yeah, but maybe you wouldn't answer the phone. So. No. <laughs> well, anyway. True. Yeah, I've I've had I've had so many people. I've had break up people 
and maybe people come to me that have broken up they've been madly and they've been literally banned from being from them with this person because maybe their family doesn't have a good name within the town or and they might be a good fit they might actually make each other happy but because of the families the one with the good name they don't want to be mixing with the the peasants or whatever you'd like to call them so they wouldn't be allowed to get married and that's still to this day and I know and, and, and that sounds ludicrous in 2023 that still happens to this day and that's that's amongst Catholicism and I think the church still have a huge people might not go to mass but it is ingrained in us um, I myself got married in a church and I'm honest enough to say right now that that's because it was my, my own parents that's what they wanted realistically I'd have flew to Mexico and got on a boat with all of my mates and just had a good old party but that wasn't seen as acceptable because they are so religious no I'm not saying there's anything wrong with religion you know I, I'm definitely not I'm just saying that it has too strong a hold on marriages on families schools and, and, and how it affects our whole society um, and I, I think you know we should really look back look really look in on that and you know really question ourselves like is this is this really what I want am I really happy if not have the balls to leave you know um, I suppose I think you know the when I first heard the first couple living in the same house um, with, with their children they're separate and have girlfriends I really thought this was strange but this is actually a very common thing because they've put such a big mortgage over their head that they can't afford to live any other way so I'm not too sure how messed up those kids are going to end up essentially living with four parents in the one house on and off okay well I'm, you're saying there like that oh you know you were out of work you were providing for the kids you were doing this you were doing yeah. that and I was proud to do it yeah yeah no you weren't you were suiting yourself you were going to work you were working all day you were doing what you wanted to do with the lads you were meeting them in the evening for the pub for a drink in the pub and all no it was only one yeah yes wasn't only one and you were coming back in no it's not you have to take responsibility it wasn't it wasn't good enough i was there on my own then my nerves were gone with them coming in and out yeah, i know my yeah, nerves yeah. were gone well, and you were you. not no, you no. What were my nerves when I was working? Well, I, I I keep saying it. No one knows the job, and and it's just tough, tough, tough. Demands, yeah. demands, demands, demands all the time, and you could never see that. But you no, know, because it's different. You're out at work. You're with your peers. You can have an intelligent conversation. You can drink your have your tea break when yeah, it's tea. You, you could go to the toilet. You didn't have to have a shower with. I mean, be quiet for a minute. You didn't have to have a shower with a child sitting in a baby seat on the hall. In case the child cried, you were able to do what you wanted to do cried, on your time. Your job was to. Oh, my job. Child. Yes. Oh, yes. Job. My job. My was job to do is that. to provide yeah. and was to yeah. provide and is still providing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But you, you, you mean to tell me that when you went to school with the kids, 
uh, walking them to school that you didn't talk to any other adults because that's the way it's coming across. Oh, poor me, I never seen it. Well, do you mean when I was never... minding five of them walking to school? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had loads of time to chat, minding five of them. Two yeah. in a buggy, two, two yeah. by the hand. But once you got no. them into, well, once you got three into yeah. school, you, you only had yeah. the two small ones. Yeah. Do you mean to tell me that nobody walked... Walked up, up the street and you had a did. chat and, and, and you didn't go in for a cup of tea do you know what we chatted about what? where the best price was in the nappies while I was on my way yeah, walking to Super Value to yeah. do the shopping Yeah. what was I doing for dinner for the time I got them back I mean it, it literally I went back to being a 1940s housewife and I hadn't signed up for that Pe- people have this idea that if you leave them when they're young the children won't remember Those children still have abandonment issues. I cannot tell you how many children have come, well, they're not children now, have come to me and actually said to me, I felt like my parents' marriage breakdown was as a result of me. Mm. No, they've no actual logical reason for this. Mm. But, yeah, they still blame themselves. Um, then usually the child gets shut out and they feel that they're defective and they go into relationships that are abusive or or they're being mistreated and stuff like that. I, I don't I can't grasp why people will stay in a home together, be it financially secure or not. And scream and shout in front of their children, knowing that the the damage that that's going to cause to them and the anxiety that it costs to these little kids, just to get their point across, when there's no one actually listening anyway. And I think that's a big problem within marriages. There's always one person not willing to listen, or that can't take ownership. Um, we we look at more and more people sitting on, you know, I'd actually like to do a research piece on this, sitting, going out for dinner and every single one of the, be it the parents and the children are sitting on phones. Nobody communicates anymore. And that, that's a big problem. People having secret Tinder accounts, Facebook, messaging other people inappropriate. Call her what you want. Um, but, you know, that that's wrong in itself. It's hurtful. But for whatever reason, I think we all like an L compliment here and there. And I think there's too much of that as well. Um, I think we've done full circle. It's now we're looking at... You know, I, I work with quite a lot of young people and their opinion on marriage is that it's basically a piece of paper. I was working before we got married. I had not signed up for living like that. And I don't resent my kids for it. I wouldn't no, I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone we were lucky to be able it. to I was lucky to be able to stay at home. But just don't give me this bullshit, oh, that you were stressed. Yeah, I'm sorry, then, it's an excuse. No, it's an excuse. Yes, you were working and I was working. Yeah, and yeah. I was stressed. Well then what's the problem? You. <laughs> Me? You. Yeah, but yeah, you were the, you as well. the I come home and I get the cold shoulder. I, I get no talking. And then if it's, if it's not that, then I used to get, oh, 
a litany for 10 minutes straight into my face. Did you ever come home I mean, and say, how was your day? Trying to eat my dinner or, or, or the whatever dinner that I made. food that you provided. Yeah. 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 Did you ever yeah. come in and say, how was your day, Pat? No. You came in and said, oh, do you know what? Such and such a body hadn't got this done and I had to do it today. You never said to me, how was your day? You never said to me, do you know what? I'll put the kids to bed tonight. Did you ever tonight. say, you how, was my, how was your day I didn't care how your day no. was. Well, there you go. Well, that's admitting that you didn't care. <laughs> no, I didn't care because you were out free and easy as far as I was concerned. Free and easy? No. Well, I was mm. far from that, mm. no, Breda. Far from free mm. and easy, I can assure you. You, like, oh, I yeah. don't even want to go there anymore because we've all this, we had all this out at a, a council and so we're not going to no we well we're going to go back on it again when we really step back and worry go on the ground and really look at and be able to own our mistakes a marriage is repairable well most of them anyway but I think that the most of the guilt it is eaten eats away at you to know the damage that you have done to your children. Mm. And I, I think that that's the hardest and most bitter pill to, to swallow for anybody that's going to go in. Because if you've got a good therapist, they're going to challenge you. You know, um, I, I, I hear kids come in here and they're, again, they're not kids anymore. And there was one particular case I had and, you know, it, it was indirectly. And what this particular person was trying to do was build like a the perfect family home. And when I explored this a little bit more and I asked why, everything was built on perfectionism. It was like they didn't want any rows. Um, I don't, they didn't want any rows. They didn't want to hear about like a child should not have to hear where the next bill is going to come from. A child should not have to, I can't tell you what that actually does to kids. It either leaves them that they have, they spend money too freely or they hold on to it. It's like nearly a feast or a famine in that sense. Um, there's a very good song actually by Pink um, Family Portrait. Have you ever heard that? And I think that is, you know, is really apt when we look at the the Irish divorce, where a child is him, I'm replaced up yelling, I can't stand the, the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I once played that in the room for someone. Um, I used music in therapy. Um, someone that had very um, like a disassociate, couldn't <coughs> associate with their feelings, was never. Never allowed to express their feelings. Yeah, well, um, you have to acknowledge the way I was too. But you're not willing to do that. You want me to acknowledge everything that happened to you, but you're not acknowledging anything that happened to me. Well, I, I, I mean, I, we had the car. I had to put petrol in the car. Right? But you had the car. I, yeah, but like it didn't run on fresh air, you know? Servicing <laughs> the blooming thing and new tyres. I was under pressure to try and get all this stuff done. And provide food and provide the nappies that you're so, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, you know, like, there's two I sides to everything, like, yeah. there's a balance, but we just lost that balance and we just, it was, 
down to communication, I think, more than anything else. But um, and, and I'm not blaming you in the least, right? I want a contraception, but you said no. <laughs> So well, yeah, yeah. now, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm not blaming you. I love our five I, children. Yeah, well, I wouldn't give. I love our five children. I'm not blaming that. I'm delighted that we had them, but we could have decided to have three or two. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's and very. Then you uh, would have been less stressed. Yeah, but you, <laughs> you can't say that now. When you know the five of them are there, you, I know. How I can know, you I'm, say I'm, that I'm not, we should have stopped at three? No, yeah. but I'm just saying you're the one. The way you were brought up, you wouldn't use you you know you wouldn't yeah, didn't want me to yeah, use yeah. condoms and you didn't wouldn't go on the pill and all of that and five kids came along now i'm not blaming you don't no, get yeah. me wrong i'm not blaming you. i, I didn't have them on my own no there was no immaculate no. conception there no i know i know i know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> my, my belief is that children are the same if not more than the adults and it's their opinion that, that, and their well-being that means most. Or it's supposed to, at least. But then we have our own selfish ways, and each and every person does. Like, it's nice to go for a meal. But what's happened today is that people are so caught up in social media that they've stopped having time for each other. Um, I've heard of more affairs now than I ever have. Um, these are usually with people that each other know, which is kind of, a, you know, it's not, it's not the brightest thing to do. But I, I do think that the main thing for the Irish divorce is to keep mommy and daddy happy, keep the church happy, keep up appearances, slap smiles on our faces, close our door. Um... Let the carnage happen there. And once we walk outside, we smile again. So there's a huge element of falseness um, in these marriages. And the thing is, Irish people are well known to talk, especially in small towns. So you don't tell anybody anything and you keep it in. The Irish Divorce was produced by Jonathan Farrelly and was supported by a grant from the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland as part of the Sound and Vision Scheme. Tune in next week for part two.